Yo, welcome. I am Blackamore, fitness and nutrition consultant, also the author of the book, Everything You Need to Know About Stocks for Now. And you are now listening to Appreciate y'all tuning in. a lot going on y'all um let's do this let's continue let's continue with um with this angel reese thing i have a very i have a theory it's a very soft it's not it's not a hill i'm dying on it's not nothing that i'm really super invested in this is something i thought of in less than five seconds just a thought that hit me wonder what y'all think about it so just to recap, for many of you may not even know what I'm talking about. Okay. College women's basketball. Recently, the championship game took place. Okay. The star of the losing team was a white woman named Caitlin Clark, who is believed by many to be the best in college women's basketball. And the star player on the winning team, Angel Reese. Okay, now the white woman, Caitlin Clark, has, you know, she she's done taunts before, you know, like she'll be up winning or just hit a, a good shot or something. And then she'll do some type of taunting gesture and she's never been criticized for it or she has. It's never became trending news, but she's never been publicly tr- criticized for it. It's never been news, it's never been headlines. And she's only been called terms such as competitive and things like that. And in the championship game, she loses to Angel Reese and her team, LSU. And when they lose, Angel Reese does those particular taunts to Caitlin Clark. She does it to her. And according to her, she did it to her because she didn't like how she did uh, I believe it was South Carolina or something. She did something similar. So she, you know, she wanted to do it back to her. And she did when she won. And when she did it, she was called classless and didn't have any, you know, just uncouth and all these terrible terms. She wasn't called competitive or nothing like that. She was given all of the not so pleasant terms. So, um, you know, and on one hand, you would even you would almost even want to call it a, a, a woman thing. But since this white woman got away with it for so long, we can't even say, you know, a man versus woman thing because men do it all the time. Yeah, men do it all the time. And she was doing it all the time, too. But it was no problem. It, so I had to say it's a black thing. And it's, I would still say woman is a part of it because, you know, black men do it at the NBA all the time. <clears throat> so it's basically anybody could do it except a black woman. Right. Um, but this is not where I'm necessarily taking the conversation today. But I am. I do want to resurface that. Um, because of this incident, I have become a major Angel Reese fan. I like everything she had to say, you know. Uh, so also, Jill Biden invited them to the White House. But she also invited the losing team, Iowa, which is the team that the white woman was on. So, Angel Reese declined. 
Well, actually, according to injury, she said the team declined. Period. Uh, they wanted she wanted to, uh, Jill Biden wanted to visit the locker room before the game, and they declined that. And then they declined the invitation to the White House because she said, had they lost, they wouldn't be getting an invitation to the White House, which I believe to be the case. Um, I'm not gonna lie, I didn't look up nothing historically, but I don't think losing teams are typically invited to the White House. So I'm with her with that, right? She did say she'll go to the Obamas. Then that becomes a whole nother conversation with politics and all of that. <clears throat> I'm not going to go there. And, you know, she popping her shit basically saying, yo, you ain't have a... They didn't, they didn't let her... They declined her uh, visit to the locker room because she didn't have LSU on her bracket. Jill Biden didn't. And then people were saying, well, Obama didn't have you. know, Obama had him had them in the bracket and had them actually winning some games. They just didn't, she did, he just didn't choose them to win the whole thing. But like I say, this is not the convers- this is not the uh this is not where I'm trying to really take the conversation. I'm trying to go into conspiracy mode. Very light conspiracy. So we have injuries, black woman, Caitlin Clark, white woman, both are talented. Angel Reese is a walking double double. Caitlin Clark is Give you 30 at any given time, 30 plus, from what I understand. And if it wasn't for these two individuals, I wouldn't know. I mean, I only really know about them, but I wouldn't even have known without this narrative, without this thing taking place. So it just makes me wonder and ponder. What if this is really just a big marketing thing? What if this is really, really just a big marketing thing for the WNBA? I know this is college women's basketball, but they only got a year left. They play. They do have one more year of playing. But because when I think when you think back historically, think about the NBA. Many of us, you know, many of you around my age wasn't alive at this time. But the NBA was falling off. It wasn't as popular. Until Magic Johnson versus Larry Bird drama happened. And their drama started in college as well. So we were able to follow them into the NBA and their whole drama, their whole rivalry kind of fueled the popularity of the NBA. And it was and it was really it never was really said out loud too much, but it was really the racial undertones. It was black versus white, really. You know, that's why Larry Bird was called the great white hope, you know, NBA, all sports pretty much or anything. They let black people in, for the, but that's another conversation. But, you know, it was dominated by black talent. NBA. Larry Bird was the great white hope for white people. So now we fast forward. WNBA numbers, sales, all that is down. Now we have this great white hope in Caitlin Clark. And then you have the one who always still beats the great white hope. <laughs> you know, uh, Andrew Reese would be Magic Johnson in this in this in this scenario. And I just wonder if this is manufactured. How would it be manufactured? I think it could be manufactured by something as simple as Whoever idea this was telling some people with influence to go ahead and tweet about it. Whoever that person was could have been Keith Oberman, like I mentioned in the previous episode, could have been somebody else. I didn't I didn't go that far into detail to look up who actually tweeted what first. And it could have been more than one person. It likely was more than one person. But what if somebody called in some favorites to say, yo, say this. Say this about this when this happens. And I'm not even and and it and also and it could be uh, uh 
kind of like a on the fly thing. I don't think this is a. I don't think it'll be a situation where, you know, like Angel Reese is in on it or Caitlin Clark is in on it. I think it's just a matter of when we see this happen, we respond like this, and and the this that's going to happen is it's going to happen eventually. You know what I mean? It's a, it's a, a just like a opportunity. Like yo, this just happened. Let's respond to it like this so that this narrative is created and then this could make this happen for us for years to come. That's kind of what I think happened. One thing I did look up is to see if the WNBA, and this is why I kind of believe this, I, 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 I wanted to see if they made it any kind of significant changes to their marketing department recently. And lo and behold, they hired, uh, I believe his name is Phil Cook. He worked at Nike. For about two decades prior. And they hired him. Or the news came out that they hired him. In December of 2020. So here we are just three years later. And if you. And hey. If you as a marketing person at Nike. Whoever is responsible for the marketing at Nike. Uh, must have pretty, uh, done a pretty goddamn good job. I'm not 100% sure. Not 100% sure if he was in the marketing department at Nike. But I mean why wouldn't he be? That's what he is now. But. Um, at the very least, if he wasn't, he learned from the marketing department. Not, he worked for he worked for Nike. I mean, come on, it's the number one sports brand. So they hired him December of twenty twenty, basically at the top of twenty twenty one. So two years later, we have this going on. I have never. <laughs> I mean, I kind of. I think we all was like fans of like Lisa Leslie back in the nineties or whatever. Maybe you know she, she used to show up on sitcoms and things like that. But other than that, I don't think it's not. You know, I'm I'm I would call myself an actual fan of Angel Reese, and I'm interested in Caitlin Clark because of what I hear from her game. I'd be lying if I said I wasn't going to probably tune into some games next year in college basketball, and then you and then some of us may even tune into some WNBA just cause it just raises the profile of women's basketball in general. And honestly, I think this is I think this is how things become successful in general, no matter what business or who the characters are involved. I personally I correct me if I'm wrong, but usually there's some drama involved. Right. If you think about like, you know, w, uh, wrestling, they used to be popular. More popular than actual wrestling. Right. There's a real sport of wrestling, but nobody really watched. Nobody watched that more than they watched WWF or WWE. And it's because there was always drama involved, right? There was always a story. Always a story, always drama. Even when you think of those who are considered to be the greatest musicians, like the greatest rapper of all time, many would say Tupac. A lot of drama, a lot of narratives with Tupac. The greatest musician or recording artist ever, we would give to Michael Jackson. A lot of drama, a lot of narratives with Michael Jackson. We just have drama and narratives with them now. It's a reason for it. The talent's been there, right? Women been hooping. You know, women been could shoot. There's been women who could dunk. Plenty of women got a mean crossover handles. They got you know, the talent has been there, but it hasn't really been too much of a narrative or drama. And the only thing and it was only like a sympathy. And I'm not saying the, the WNBA is responsible for this, but um, there was only just a narrative of comparing women's to men, uh, their salaries, which was I mean, it's like, yo, it's a percentage of what they was bringing in. If they're not the WNBA is not bringing in a lot of money. If that barely making, if the WNBA as a whole is barely making what, 
you know, what one NBA player makes in one contract, how can you, you know, say how can you pay them evenly? You know, I, I don't think that's a that was not a good marketing thing. But I think this is whether it's manufactured or not. And if it's not manufactured, then fine. I think this is still good for women's basketball in general. But I just wonder, you know, because the WNBA, the position that they hired Phil Cook for, the position didn't exist. It's uh, chief marketing director, I believe. A chief marketing opera, chief mar- chief marketing something. The position didn't exist. They didn't have this. So it's just interesting. You make a, you hire somebody for a position that didn't exist, and somebody who was damn good at their job. Apparently, I'm just assuming that since they worked for Nike, I ain't doing any homework on Phil Cook like that. All I know is he worked for Nike for 20 years. But you create this position for him, and now we have. You know, now we have this going. Now we have women's basketball being talked about. Now we know some stats. I didn't, I had no clue who was doing what prior to this story break. I know there's plenty of you who probably did, but I'm pretty sure the majority of us didn't. Let's keep it up. Because if we did, then, you know, WNBA would already be more popular. Uh, College basketball women's would already be more popular than it is. And I also think that it's better that this did start in college because it's easier that way. Like each school already has thousands of students. There's already a reason for, I mean, I don't know this to be a fact, but I wouldn't be surprised if college women's basketball was already more popular than WNBA. I don't know that to be a fact. I'm just saying that. But I, but the reason why I say that is because the social, like you're in college, like there's already a, there's already a team spirit. There's already a reason to support them. As opposed to the WNBA, it's kind of just like city-based, and that's cool, but I think it's easier to get support in a college setting, you know, with something like that. I could be wrong about college women basketball being more popular than the WNBA, but I don't know. But I, I think it's if this was manufactured, I think it was smart to do it that way, and then we could just follow them into the WNBA. Um, and this all, and it's just this just opens up the door to introduce more narratives about other players and we can get to know the players we really only care about characters that we know characters that we can identify with right is racial tensions has kind of risen again over the past decade so and we have the racial undertones with this and angel reese is popping her shit you know i'm representing for women like me and being unapologetic about it now i'm about to get a fucking angel reese jersey (laughs) you know what i'm saying i'm pretty sure i'm not the only one who feels like this and then just in response to that, just in response to that, people are going to get, probably get Caitlin Clark jerseys more for that than her talent, unfortunately. I think if this was manufactured as genius marketing, I'm not mad at it. I, but I'm not saying that those events didn't unfold organically as far as how Angel Reese did on the court. And I'm for damn sure not saying that this whole shit couldn't unfold it organically anyway because, because racism. I just think it's genius marketing because, you know, it's just a tool. They use a tool of racism and tribalism and all that to kind of bring women's basketball to the front. That's just a theory I have. It may or may not be true. Like I said, this is not a hill I'm dying on. What y'all think about that? Um, But that's all I pretty much had on that. Uh, What do I want to talk about next? There's two other things I want to talk about. I'm not sure what I want to talk about next. They're both serious, just in different capacities. Let's get into, uh, y'all know we're going to talk about the health. 
So I'll say that for last. Before we get into that, I want to talk about uh, what's going on with the countries and the currencies. If y'all been paying attention, China and Brazil struck a deal to where they could do deals and trade in their own currencies as opposed to the U.S. dollar. There's quite a few countries. We got China, Brazil, India, and a few others who are basically on some we doing deals and we trading amongst each other and all of that without the U.S. dollar. The U.S. dollar is how we've been able to punk the planet. But it's not the only way we've been able to punk the planet. So it's just a matter of, is this something to worry about? Or is, you know, is this the beginning? Is this just the beginning? Or is this just a, yeah, that was a cool move, but at the end of the day, boom. Because we still have strongest military. Like, can't nobody whoop us? Um... As far as my thoughts on it, I'm not, I don't, I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I do know this though. I feel like if this was super serious and this was really the beginning of the end for America and shit like that, I don't think we know. I think the moves that are made like that don't really make the news. You know, they don't really make the news. And it's hard to kind of it's kind of unprecedented, too, because media has been popping since America has been popping. You know what I mean? Um, so we can, we don't really have a, a, a reference in history to go back and say, see, because when this happened. But it just feels like this is the type of vibe I give. Some years ago. Um, I remember my grandmother calling me and saying and urging that, like, I need to buy some gold because gold is about to take off and gold is about to do this and gold is about to do that. And this was right before gold fell. <clears throat> and it made sense because my grandmother doesn't pay attention to those types of things. Right. So how would she know? And why is she being encouraged to go buy gold? It's kind of like the, uh, you know, you kind of like run out of buyers. So you start going to more demographics. People who don't really pay attention. How would they know? They're unsuspecting. Now, this isn't something to get us to buy in anything, right? I mean, this happened, you know, Bitcoin. This happens, this happens all the time. When people who aren't well-versed in the subject have a strong belief about something. And so many people who don't really follow politics that closely and have a strong opinion and the opinion is America is about to fall because of this. I get those by like, how will we that that makes me disbelieve it personally because of my investing background. You know, I've, I've found when people who are the least knowledgeable on the subject have the strongest feeling, typically the opposite is true. Now, am I saying that because of this, we need to relax? No. What can we do? Right. Let's say this is the fall of America. What can we do? You know, let's say the, the U.S. dollar is about to go to shit. What can we do? Well, I've been preaching for years, ever since I started preaching. Goddamn. The U.S. dollar is designed to lose value. Now, this is a different 
context of value that is losing. But it still doesn't take away from what I've been preaching. And that's to trade in your dollars for some assets that actually grow. When the dollar loses value, it's actually celebrated because the dollar losing value means that real estate is gaining value. It means the stock market is gaining value. That's what that means. It means you got to raise. That's what that's meaning. The raise part of it is up for debate, but we'll debate that when the debate happens. When the dollar is worth more, the, great, the dollar is worth a whole lot in 1929. The dollar was worth a lot in 1987, flash crash. The dollar was worth a lot during the dot-com bubble. The dollar was worth a lot in 2008. All the other assets fail. Stock market, real estate prices, things of that nature. Now, this is a different context, though, right? Because it's relative to other currencies and things like that. But at the end of the day, the dollar is still strong. Um, but like I said, if we go, the solutions would be is to invest in companies. And the easiest way to do that is to buy shares of stocks. And for this particular situation, if you are afraid, now this is another reason why I I'm not really scared, I suppose. Most of the companies in the stock market which tend to be the most most, excuse me, most of the most valuable companies on the planet are American-based companies. Most of them companies you're going to invest in on the stock market founded in America, based in America. And America is really a, we call America a corporation, right? Like a lot of quote-unquote conspiracy theorists say it's not even a country, it's a corporation. But it really is. And I'm not even saying it on as literal as some others say it. I'm not saying I don't believe that either, but I'm not, I don't even mean it in that context. I mean, corporations run America. That's why I be like, yo, fuck all that voting shit, especially for a president. If you're going to vote, you can do the vo- you can do the local thing. But even that, fuck the voting shit. You're much better off buying whatever candidate gets elected and lobby for whatever it is you need. It's the money that gets shit done from the locals to all the way to the president. If you really want something done in your city. You will have a better chance getting it done. With a $10,000 or more contribution, depending on the levels, right? I'm talking about local level with the mayor. You have a better chance of getting that done with a big money donation. We'll just say $10,000. You're better off donating, quote unquote, donating $10,000 to said candidate for whatever it is you want done and not voting for that candidate than you would be voting and not contributing to $10,000. And we just talking locally with the mayor and, you know, and that's going to vary from city to city how much money it takes to get whatever done. So even when we go up to the big boy stakes with the president, you'll be much better off contributing 10 million dollars to your president than you would be to vote for him. The 10 million will go much longer than your vote. You don't even have to vote when you contribute in. People don't like to hear that, I suppose. So that's kind of another reason why I say I don't know about America falling. I mean, our government may not, may not be the smartest, but, you know, a lot of the money is concentrated here because we got a lot of the biggest companies. But let's say you say, fuck all that. I still I don't trust nothing about America. You can invest in companies that have good relationships or, or, or are established in some of these other countries. So we would say China because China is probably the biggest 
the biggest uh, player in this all, China or Russia. You know, we're the top three, China, America, Russia. And I think China has probably been moving the smartest recently. So you can invest in companies that has ties with China. This is a way you can protect yourself economically. And then outside of that, you know, if you want to move somewhere, then that's that's your business. But as far as what you could do, though, the easiest thing you could do, the thing that takes the least amount of friction, you know, to get up and move, that takes a lot of work. You know, to do all these other things takes a lot of work, but it's nothing to get a brokerage account. Or whatever type of account or bank is necessary and buy shares in companies that have good relationships to these other countries that are growing in power and that you think may overcome America and be top dog. So why invest in companies that have like ties to China or whatever country you think is going to be that country? Because this would mean like if you think the U.S. dollar is not going to be worth shit. But you own a company that is based in China or at least have a strong relationship with China or even but it doesn't even have to be that. At the end of the day, you don't own U.S. dollars. You own a valuable company. And then some of you may actually own a valuable company that's based in China or whatever other country. When you look to sell your shares. You don't either. You're going to get that even amount in U.S. dollars, right, because it's still was going to be worth something. It'll just be worth less, right? And it means it'll go up a whole lot in U.S. dollars. Or you could trade it for, you could sell You could sell that asset. It doesn't even have to be a, like a, you could still sell in exchange for a yen or whatever, right? It's just about moving your assets into something that's not the U.S. dollar. Another thing you could do is you could just simply trade in some of your dollars for one of these other currencies like the rupee or the yen or or whatever but i think the smartest way to be to to do it is to buy companies something else you could do is is also bitcoin because these are all relative to one another but notice how difficult it'll be for your mind to value things with something besides dollars you do not know how much bitcoin is worth in yen off the top of your mind and it's difficult for you to even fathom it at first. Not to say it can't be done. I'm not saying it's impossible. But just how default it is. A lot of you don't even know the name of Brazil's uh, currency. So that's another reason why I don't know how. You know. How afraid we should be that the US dollar is going to fall. But it doesn't even matter. If you are diversifying your power. So that you're protected economically. And that's the most important way to always protect yourself besides physically, physically, then economically, and then whatever else type of elite you want to protect yourself by all means. But physically and economically is always first. It's always first, always be in a position to defend yourself physically and economically. I, I talk your ear off enough about eating right and exercising and all of that. And this is how you protect yourself economically. Diversify your power. A little bit of Bitcoin or Ethereum or Litecoin, whatever your choice is. A little bit of a little bit of businesses that are based in this country or that country. If you're really playing the game, be in this politician's ear and that politician's ear. Or you can just, you know, sit back and cry and scroll and tweet. 
and do nothing and crumble. But for every problem, there's a solution. One cannot exist without the other. Some solutions are more difficult to find than others, but it's possible. And this this is simple. So there's no need to get your panties in a bunch. If you're invested in a company like a Chinese company like Tencent, which many of you may not have heard of it. And it's crazy that you haven't because this is arguably one of the most powerful companies in the world. But if you're invested in them and America falls and China's thriving, it's okay because you have equity in China and one of the most powerful companies in China. But to drive a previous point home, the difference between America and China is China's government has the last say so what happens in China. I don't care how powerful that company is, as opposed to America. We sell our souls over here. America is a whore. It sells to the top dollar. This is why I say votes don't matter. This is why I say we kind of unique compared to other countries because the government doesn't run shit over here. The companies do. The companies do. We run shit so much, an Amer- some American companies could come together and probably do better deals with other countries before the government. Well, shit. This is kind of part of Donald Trump's Criticism because they're saying he was doing business with Russia and he was doing his business in the name of capitalism. He was trying to like kind of mix the power with the money, but it was more so a capitalist business dealings with Russia. And that's where he got a lot of his flack from. And, uh, and leave it to Trump. This is why Russia was cool with us while he was there. It's believable. I don't know it to be a fact, but it's believable. So that's the difference. But that's what we can do. Okay, that's what that's some that's a very simple yet powerful solution that we can do as individuals to help protect ourselves from any fear that we may have before we jump the gun to do some other crazy things that, you know, maybe end up doing more harm than good. I'm not talking you out of doing whatever you may be thinking, because I don't know one way or another. I doubt it, but I really don't know. I I don't I don't doubt it enough to talk you out of it. That's what I say. If you think some bullshit is 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 rising, you you you, I, I mean, you have good, decent reason to think so. You know, when you consider COVID and TikTok and how we've been, how we are afraid of TikTok and all of that and why we even think that way. Right. Because a lot of people are like, yo, who cares? They spying on us. You ain't got nothing to hide. I believe America is. uh, What's the word? For lack of better words, afraid of that. Because that's what we did. We did that with the very first social media company. That's what America did with us. And maybe some other countries, but they also did it with us. With the very first social media company called Six Degrees. So they know the potential of They know. They, they, they ran that play before. They know how this goes. They know, why, they, they know how this goes. So. It's a lot going on in the world, man. It's a lot going on. Trump got indicted. Uh, you know, we got chat GPT and GPT four and AI in general. It's a lot going, it's a lot going on and it's a lot going on fast. And we have to be on point and adapting in real time. It's never been easier to get left behind than it is today. 
Things did not used to move this fast. You know, like when computers and Internet hit the scene, that's pretty much all it was that hit the scene. But now we got AI, we got these countries with their currencies doing their thing. We got president, former presidents with criminal records getting arrested and shit after they didn't <laughs> like this. It's a lot going on, man. Cryptocurrencies. But I don't want to spend too much time on that. You know, I'm not here to put fear in your heart. I'm here for solutions. Like I say, if you're scared, invest in companies that got ties with the nations that you think is going to become top dog. We have to diversify our power. We have to diversify our power. We have the power to diversify our power and not just bet it all on America. There's other countries we could bet on. While, we're sti- while we are still here in America. And it's not treasonous to do so either. You can do it without being put on a terrorist watch list. Win-win. So, now let's move on to the health segment of the podcast. It's probably going to be more of a rant and venting session for me. Uh, let me preface this by saying, huh, I, I, you know, I'm not a doctor. And, you know, um, this is not supposed to be medical advice. And here's the thing. I never. I, yeah, I'm not a doctor. This is supposed to be medical advice. OK, OK. I have a real problem. I'm not anti hospital anti-medicine i think there's a place for it i believe they're extremely overrated and we use it too much and when things don't make sense to me like for example people with high cholesterol the medication or even high blood pressure the medication that they give them oftentimes they are instructed to not eat grapefruit on these medications why because it can be overdone. I'll tell you another example. A lot of times when I when people consult with me and we do meal plans together. And these are people who will, uh, have diabetes, right? So they'll be on their diabetes medication. When they get on my meal plans, eventually, and because I'm not a doctor and can't give medical advice, so I never officially tell them to do or stop doing things. And typically, since I'm no doctor... Why would they listen to me? So they continue taking their medications. But what happens? Their blood sugar drops too low. And it drops too low because now it's the equivalent. Like I don't have diabetes, right? So if I was to take the diabetes medication, my blood sugar would probably be too fucking low because I didn't need it. The type of foods I would have, the foods I would have them eating will have them where they don't need the medication anymore. They tell you not to take the grapefruit with some of these cholesterol medications because the the grapefruit is that powerful in lowering the bad cholesterol on its own. But they can't sell you grapefruit, can they? They don't really make much money off of recommending a whole food diet, a whole food vegan diet. That, that, I mean, that shit is just, that's wicked to me. And these medications come with more side effects, which could potentially lead to more medications. It's a great business plan, right? Just think about it. They tell you not to eat certain, or, or, or another one. 
Blood thinners. They put you on blood thinners. Now you can't eat dark leafy greens. Why? Because dark leafy greens already make sure that your blood isn't already so damn thick. It's a natural blood. They're natural blood thinners. And it also has the vitamin K to coagulate it and thicken it to the right amount to where it should be. Anytime, my thing is this, anytime you have to make changes that take you away from nature's cures, that shit is wicked. So when it comes to some surgeries and you can't have certain plant-based foods anymore that would have helped. When it comes to certain procedures or some medications where they say you can't do healthy things no more. Try doing those very healthy things that they say that you couldn't do. And just, uh, and do, and just stick to that for a while. See if change happens. Just see if change happens. But hey, I'm no doctor. I'm no surgeon. I am more than sure there's probably some details that I just don't understand. So that makes me not qualified to speak on it. And maybe that's, not, and maybe that's the case for some uh, unique situations. But I can tell you this, in my personal experience, since I started training and since I started uh, doing meal plans with people, in my opinion, a lot of people who have elected to do these surgeries or be on these certain medications, them surgeries and them medications were unnecessary and they made it more difficult for them to be in a healthy place that they were striving to get to. It made it more difficult to sustain it. I can't say that in my experience. I'll stand on that. Some other things going on, I don't know. I have, I, like, I don't do that for practice. I know I haven't seen everything. But I cannot think of a person who I've consulted with where a procedure or a medication didn't actually get in the way of achieving and sustaining a healthy lifestyle. Or we had to make some crazy adjustments. And that shit, I mean, I don't, that shit just makes me feel away. Like I said, I don't even have this, this. This is even in a planned out segment. It's something I just got triggered on just a little bit ago. I just wanted to, I just wanted to share that. And I just want to offer the idea. If you are in a situation where whatever procedure or medication you are about to embark on. And they tell you, yo, well, you're going to have to give up this activity or this food. And those and that's an activity or a food that is con- usually considered to be healthy or, you know, to be healthy. If it's a plant, if it's a, something that's natural. Right. Movement is natural. Exercise is natural. Not all exercises are natural. That's another conversation for another podcast. But movement in general is natural. Uh, vegetables are natural. Fruit is natural. And if you find yourself in a situation where you can no longer consume or participate in these things, I just want you to think really hard before you continue with whatever you was about to do that would have you sacrificing that. And then I would even say maybe you should try those things that they told you not to do to see if your situation gets better. Try it for a prolonged period of time and just just see what happens. That's what I would say for most of you. But once again, even with that being said, I'm no doctor. I can't give medical advice. I think I feel a little better now that I got that off my chest.
So I'll go ahead and conclude with that. That'll be the end of this episode. I appreciate y'all tuning in. Uh, like I say, blackamore.com, you can book a console or blackamore at gmail.com. You can look and see how the blackamore is spelled B L A Q A M O R E. Uh, make sure you subscribe to the podcast, leave feedback, rank me five stars, all that good stuff. And I'll check y'all on the next one. Peace.